It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn, who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. you my friend and i'll tell you all about it when i see you again, I see you again. we've come a long way, yeah, a long way from where we began you know we started oh, i'll tell you all about it when i see you again tell you. when i see you Watch your way and the vibe is feeling strong and we're small Turn to a friendship, a friendship turn to a bond And that bond will never be broken, the love will never get lost And when brotherhood come first, then the line will never be crossed Established it on our own when that line had to be drawn And that line is what we reach, so remember me when I'm gone It's been a long day without you, my friend And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again We've come a long way from where we began Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again When I see you Мы все очень любим радио Capital FM и нашу любимую рубрику «Слова и выражения», которым вас не учили на уроках английского. Capital FM, you are the best. This is Capital FM, Moscow, 105.3.
Okay, folks, well, you can see us again if you log in to VK or onto our site, capitalfm.moscow. You'll see us, but we better not to see us because we should turn off the lights in here so you won't see us because we, we look better in the dark. All right, Andy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, on that uh, about England being hot favourites, uh, oh. the hot tips, um, You've got Norway and Serbia on the 26th of March. Uh, they play off to get through to one semi-final. Uh, the semi-final, of course, played on the 31st of March next year. And then you've got Scotland and Israel on also 26th of March. So you could actually have Scotland in that group with uh, England, which will be quite an interesting one because then you'll have England, Croatia, Scotland and the Czech Republic. And uh, you'll have, well, what was it? You have one, one game in Hamden Park, two games in Hamden Park, uh, one against Czech Republic and one against Croatia, which will be playing down in Wembley against the Sassanox. So how will that be? Uh, I think that will be if pigs fly. So you don't think they're going to get through? No. Um, chances? <laughs> None. None whatsoever. <laughs> okay, you're very positive about that. All right. Uh, we'll run down those groups very, very quickly and because we're not going to say who could be playing those groups and blah, 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 blah because that'll take too long. So, Definitely. In Group A, you've got Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. We discussed that one, of course. Uh, Group B, you've got Denmark, Finland. Oh, we won't give that one away because that'll be... Uh, yeah. that, that's going to be a Christmas soon. <laughs> we, then in, uh, in Group yeah, C... you don't have any of those countries. No, 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 those countries at all. Then in Group C, you've got Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria and then a winner, uh, we've discussed that already, of the uh, DA path. Um, you've got then England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Um, you have Spain in Group E, Spain, Sweden, Poland, and maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, Ireland. Uh, and then in Group F, you have a winner of a group, uh, well, uh, a, a, a path AD, and Portugal, Spain, and Germany. So that, that, for me, is actually one of the toughest ones, that Portugal, Spain, and Germany. Because you've got, I, I think you've got three teams. Portugal, France, England. and Germany. Oh, sorry, Portugal, excuse me, I sound corrected. Portugal, Spain, and it was kind of in that area in the Mediterranean. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they speak one of those Latin languages. Um, Romance languages, I should say. Even though they're not very romantic, but anyway, that's me. Um, you've got Portugal, <laughs> France, and Germany in that group. So three potential winners. That's that's going to be just like I don't know. That's going to be like fully. You know, what's the wall in that one? I mean, that's that, that's tough, right? Um, Andy, I know we have some uh, NFL games on today. Uh, you have any that are underway right now? Yeah, um, we've pretty much got about five or six on right now. All of them in the second quarter. Uh, the Ravens and the Forty ers are both fourteen each. Uh, the Panthers fourteen six up against um, Mr. Zotov's favourite Redskins. <laughs> yeah, that was no shock there. Oh. The first quarter was fourteen three, so this is already a recovery for it's the a Redskins. Five back and they're, four, they're fourth. They could actually get a field goal now because they're fourth and fifteen on the Washington uh, twenty five. They can get a long field goal for a hundred yards, but they probably won't. But anyway, okay, uh, they're they're going to punt the ball away. Okay, uh, Cincinnati. Um, yeah, the Bengals are 10-3 up against the Jets. Indianapolis Colts 10-7 against the Titans from Tennessee. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are currently getting um, rather embarrassed 22-0 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Dolphins are trailing the Eagles 13-7. The Giants are also trailing against the Green Bay Packers 17-7. Uh, and Pittsburgh Steelers are 10 down against our favourite Cleveland Browns. Yeah, love Cleveland. 
Uh, Jacksonville, we discussed him last week because they're the franchise most likely. Shahi Khan knows him and he, he wants to move them to London or at least to play half their games in London. So uh, we discussed that, of course, before. Good luck uh, with that. Yeah, and with Diesel Cody, that's her team. So um, And also at, at um, Johnson uh, Higgins as well, that's his team as well. So it's kind of depressing. Right, we are staying on that side of the great big uh, salty Atlantic Lake and we're going to go to the birthday boy Mr. Alex B. Alex B, a very happy, well, belated birthday to you, but I'm sure you're still enjoying the weekend. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's having a blast. Yeah, you're, you're having... Yeah. Uh, so oh, we'll wait again. <laughs> That's Alex. He's having a great time on the train. Over. It's like kind of like me scoozy, me scoozy. You know that, that that bit from Euro Tour, Euro Trip, like when they go into the tunnel. So, uh, God love poor Alex. Well, I mean, it was Peter's turn in Verona, so now it's his turn. Um, Double N's going to try and get it back on. Um, just mention that that of course uh, today at that game there were, as we mentioned, the Spartak um, Zenit game last night. There were a number of rests made up in St Petersburg. Um, Spartak fans travelling up with, well, weapons and boxing gloves or bags. That is in no connection to the train that Alex B is currently on, obviously. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, kind of, that was an unusual one because like, um, very, very surprising that that, that that should take place because, I mean, now that they have been cracking down, you'd expect them to know what was going to happen to them. Now, uh, tomorrow, very, very quickly, in the, uh, the Russian uh, Football Premier League, of course, we know that uh, Siska, they are at home 7.30 tomorrow night uh, against Arsenal Tula. If they win that game, they will go into second place in the uh, standings because we know Loco, they are in second right now, but they could drop back. Uh, Krasnodar in fourth, Rostov fifth, Dinamo in sixth, and Spartak tumbling down the table to eighth because they're behind the team from Bashkortostan FC Ufa, who were, well, they're leveling points to 22. Okay, uh, Alex, um, you didn't go into a tunnel or anything like that? I hope not. Maybe the drink uh, oh, came yes, along. Uh, I guess. I'm just, I'm just in the bathroom trying to find the best oh, connection. God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, like, uh, it was us who were making fun of Andy in his dark, wet corner. Um, his little, like, little <laughs> nook and cranny in the uh, RT car park. You're in a, in a toilet on a train. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 shades, <laughs> yes, yes, the, the shades of Veronish here. How, 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 how far oh, back yeah, does the queue go? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, you're on your own, I hope. <laughs> I, I hope you're on uh, your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on my own this time. <laughs> oh, you just... never know. This isn't the Moranas anymore. <laughs> Gotta got stay civilized. <laughs> All right, Darcy. So listen to me. Um, there was, there was a, an, an update in that, as you predicted, actually, you did say it, that um, <clears throat> the, the incident with Miles Garrett where he smacked a man with uh, his helmet, you actually said you knew, like, we knew what was going to happen. And it happened because now Garrett said that he was provoked. How? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's been um, fans that have been uh, imitating that situation. Like, for like there was a video actually online of, uh, I think, Cleveland Browns fans doing, uh, hitting a pinata with a helmet. And the pinata <laughs> was like, what the? <laughs> uh, outside the, yeah. But the big thing is uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation has not died down at all. He hasn't been signed by any team, and now he's uh, essentially joining in on the United States slander for Thanksgiving, calling it on Thanksgiving Day online. So, so basically, that's kind of been the, the big. 
thing. <coughs> yeah, he, that was out in San Francisco, out on Alcatraz. There was the First Nations, one, one the, the, the uh, Native uh, Americans. Um, many, many years ago, they occupied it and said that they had been you know, forced out and so on and so forth. But Kaepernick has joined in and basically said that um, America owes a debt and so on. So now he seems to be fighting. He seems to be fighting for every single cause. Anyway, that 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 seems a bit nuts, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, and I, I I think it's. I don't think you're even allowed to say Native Americans anymore. Right? I think it's Indigenous. Indigenous. I, I mean, that's how far it's now gone. Um, but yeah, he's he's he can't seem to focus on 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 one thing. I think he's continuing to make sure that he's in the public eye in order to try and get back and playing, but. And earned his money from Nike. Well, all we that, yeah. So, um, Alex, I mean, um, what do you reckon? Because I, mean, I know you, you've, you know, you've, you've supported him. You, you said like, yo, he's been doing the right thing. But is this maybe a step too far for a lot of uh, sports fans in the US? Uh, well, I don't really know what he's doing at this point because he's not uh, trying to get a contract at the NFL anymore. At the same time, he's available. He wants to work there, but now he's just. Uh, his original cause was against police brutality in black communities. Right now, he's just slandering the United States, which is not going to help him get a job in the NFL anytime soon because that's America's number one sport. Um, Alex, uh, if we're, the, the, with Miles Garrett, um, now, of course, there's going to be a rematch quite soon uh, between those teams. Um, but Miles Garrett turned around and said that the reason why he reacted the way he did uh, to the um, the Steelers quarterback was that he said the the quarterback used the N word to him. Oh, yeah, uh, that that seems like a pretty uh, valid reason for him to do that. But you did. I, I'm not surprised in the least. But yeah, that's he, that, that's been like the official. Uh, it's been official. Because uh, you did say that that was going. Then I'll because there is people. Yeah, people all over the United States, and obviously there's stuff like that going on. Okay, I mean, you did say that you did call out at the moment that uh, it would be the case. I mean, there's a lot of uh, back and forth in that, like whether it's whether it's true or not, or whether it actually is the case. Um, even then, regardless, the it's the wrong move. I mean, you yeah. just shouldn't react to it. You report it. You go through the right channels, and you, you teach the community and children and everyone else that's watching that you don't whack someone with your helmet. And I mean, it's not the first time as well that Miles Garrett has been, um, you know, in trouble over misdemeanors. Um, Alex, moving slightly, uh, well, further north, up to where you are, your neck of the woods. Uh, I know you've been in the uh, land of the Frenchies, um, but um, I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how did you find them? Are they are they as bad as uh, Don Cherry made out? Uh, yeah, they're. They're what? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what a bad time to cut out! <laughs> I think I think his door. That's the last we've heard from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Alex B was last name. The French in the Quebecois are a bunch of. Beep, and then all of a sudden he disappears. Removed from the train yeah. from a moving train. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Jimmy Hoffa him. You know, it's like his body will like turn up in I don't know the Molson Centre. And um, if you want to see the next season of Fargo, <laughs> yeah, basically Alex B has disappeared. Um, uh, I mean, go, go, going back to that, um, Andy, because I mean. Look, say in Scotland, there have been these incidents of you know sectarian abuse and even racist abuse, of course, against uh, Scott Brown, the the yep yeah, the the Celtic player. I mean, how do players react to that? 
And we've seen in Ukraine what happened. I mean, what, what, what should happen there? Um, well, a lot of it, again, Scott Brown was triggered over comments um, about his sister um, as opposed to his religion or his background. Um, but the club supported him and he went through the right channels. It went through the police. Um, and just about every other player and club um, backed him and made sure that the, the, the relevant fans, once they were found and identified, were either banned from the ground or faced some form of prosecution. Um, but, I mean, the worst thing about it now is that, especially for a lot of players that do get in, involved with social media, is that they're facing that on a near-daily basis. I mean, it's, it's how often do you have to report these cases? It's, it's near impossible. I think it's having a hard skin and, and moving, moving past it and getting above it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is one of those issues where like, you, you, players are meant to take it and accept it. And then you get to the odd incident like with uh, Cantona where he leaps over the hoardings and, uh, you know, tries to, to get at some of the fans. Um, we've seen it in ice hockey where <clears throat> you've got these players going up into the stands to fight and so on. And I've seen it, for example, in, um, in Gaelic games where basically they start, like fans come down to fight. I mean, very rare incidents. But how, how much of this is just pure idiocy from fans like just absolute gobshittery yeah absolutely this is real life keyboard warriors who are sat in the ground thinking that they are protected by some kind of screen police or anything else but the people they're abusing are human they have feelings just like them and in any other scenario they would get that kind of reaction it's just unfortunately for the the sports people involved this is um they're the ones being paid a large sum of money are expected to react in the right way uh, and will face the full consequences of it. Whereas the fans, nobody hears about them, nobody hears their name, they're not called out, they're not in the press for the next six months, they don't have a history of then, you know, this is what this person did, like Eric Cantona, because uh, that's the main thing that everybody now remembers, as opposed to exactly. the, the amazing the, the, footballer uh, the, that, he was. that, exactly. that we were treated that's, to. That's what I would think of him. I would think of him yeah. always for that. That, that picture fro froze in my mind. Um, same with like with the, the uh, idiots like abusing Artem Juba. Yeah, they're very, very hard men to share from the stand. Um, West Ham fans, Jesse and Chelsea, making homophobic chances. Chelsea players, I mean... Uh, I mean, David Ginler as well, um, when France failed to qualify, um, is the, the, the main thing talk. that sticks out in my yeah. mind when, when people mention him. Okay, folks, uh, we are going to go away. We're going to come back with Killian Sheridan quite soon. Um, and well done to Anna for winning that uh, prize. Uh, we're going to, at the start of the, uh, at the, start of the uh, next um, segment, we're going to give out the next question. Um, and it'll be for 1,000 rubles to Silvers on Course Guide, the legendary Silvers Bar. 1,000 rubles worth of food and drink. Okay, we're going to go out. Uh, this is this this is this is for for Alex B. Alex, if you're listening, if you're listening, this is for you. This is Jay Balvin and Bonita. I know you love this song and you love this singer, so this is for you. And uh, a very happy birthday once more. Back after break with Killian Sheridan. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
que la toque, a veces que la bese Me manda razones y cuando amanece La vine encendida, la tengo en la mira Era de noche, una santa de día Baby, el ritmo se avena de tu piel A ti te gusta y a mí también Nos pasemos la noche dándole Baby, el ritmo se avena de tu piel A ti te gusta y a mí también Nos pasemos la noche dándole Дадим их детям из многодетных и малообеспеченных семей. Давайте вместе подарим новогоднее чудо тем, кому это действительно нужно. Мир снова в опасности, и спасти его смогут только лучшие. Они объединятся ради великой цели и нанесут мощный удар. В главных ролях Пост Мелоун, Эл Джей, Дуалипа, Гаязовс Бразерс, Маруф, Билли Айлиш, Кани Вест и другие. Включай ТНТ Мьюзик. Здесь твоя музыка. ООО ТНТ Музыкальный. Свидетельство о регистрации СМИ ФС 776-54-56 от 18 апреля 2016 года. Для лиц старше 16 лет. Okay, welcome back, folks. And, of course, Alexander Zotter will be happy to know that his Redskins are fighting back. What's the score, Andy? And that, uh, uh, they're still behind. They're still behind, but... <laughs> uh, but they are currently 9-0 up in the second quarter, meaning it is 14-12 overall. There you go. That's not too bad. Just a kick of the ball between them. Right, uh, we're going to go in just a couple of minutes to Israel, to Killian Sheridan. Uh, before we do, we just want to give our second our second uh, question of the night so again you have until the end of the show to get your answer in the question is this okay 
so who is not in Russia's 2020 group? Is it Finland, Sweden or Denmark? So who is not? Is it Finland, Sweden or Denmark? So who is not in Russia's group? A nice little Nordic threesome there for you. Um, so we are going to go into break right now. Keep you warm. Yeah, keep you warm in the uh, cold Nordic nights. Right. Uh, big, big game tomorrow, of course, in Moscow in the KHL in ice hockey. Uh, I think... Well, there are still tickets available for it, okay? Still tickets available for it. The puck drops, the first puck drops at 7.30 tomorrow evening at the CSKA Ice Arena. Uh, tickets are still available for around 300 rubles. And I mean, no matter where you sit in that arena, you are going to get a good seat, pretty much. And, of course, the hot dogs are good. The There's no, um, let's just say, the beer is beer, but it's not... Uh, beer in the uh, real concept but it is nice and I mean it's a great atmosphere there as well I rate Siska as kind of second they're more kind of grunge they're more kind of like you know uh, edgy in terms of the music choice that their DJ has Spartak are the best of the best uh, then you've got Siska and Dynamo are, they're, 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 they're doing quite well in there as well okay so um, we're going to go uh, out to Israel, as I said, to uh, a man who, well, he's from County, we call it Cavan. And I mean, Cavan has a great, a great big place in my uh, heart because he also was an amazing Gaelic footballer as well. He played for the Shamrocks in Baileyborough um, and even had a chance to go and play AFL or Australian Football League uh, out in Australia. That's a, well, kind of like a kind of mix of rugby, soccer, and Gaelic football. Uh, he chose to go and play with Celtic after playing his Scuba football in Dublin. Um, he, you know, he played for Celtic, scored for Celtic, was out on loan with a number of clubs, and he went a sort of a different route to most Irish players, or most British players as well, um, that he would have played alongside. He went out to uh, Sofia, in, of course, that's out in Bulgaria, uh, came back to Scotland to St. Johnson, then Kilmarnock, then went off and became a hero, a, an outstanding player uh, with Apoel Nicosia and Ammonia Nicosia, who were their rivals. Then he went to uh, Bialystok uh, in Poland, and he was hitting the back of net there as well. Went out to New Zealand to play with the Phoenix of Wellington, and now he's in Eroni Kiryat Shimona. Um, that sounds like a song title, isn't it? My Shimona. My Shimona, there you go. Uh, but now, as well as being, a, a, of course, an Irish international under 21 and senior, and as well as being a really, really outstanding footballer and still with a lot of games in his legs. Um, he's also become quite a phenomenon on Twitter and on social media. Very welcome to making his Russian debut here with Capital Sports. Killian Sheridan, welcome. How you doing, lads? Uh, great intro, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you could never pay pay someone to do that for you. I mean, I, 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 and by the way, that was. But just, if you want to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah of but this is this is that was all off the cuff. That was just all off the cuff. I just just out of out of love. Again, as I said, Cavan is one of my favourite parts of of Ireland. Always has a bad reputation, but in one way, um, it must have been easy for you to go from Cavan to Scotland, in one sense. Um. Yeah. It was. It was, it was very. I never really felt homesick. Um, the people are quite similar. Um, there was a lot of Irish lads going over at the same time as well, so I never really, I never had the issue of. You heard a lot of young guys leaving Ireland and going over to England, and then suffering from homesickness. But um, it was never something I really suffered from. Uh, do you think? Because I mean, you're you're a lot of people will know that you're tall, that you're a big centre forward, but. You're you're one meter ninety six, so six foot five in uh, old money. On Wikipedia, on Wikipedia, on Wikipedia, ninety six. And and in real life, in your bare feet, uh, I'd take away a few. I'd go probably down to one ninety two. 
193. I'll say 193. I'll tell you something. If, if, if I dropped four centimetres off, you wouldn't be seeing me around <laughs> the place. I mean, <laughs> I definitely... Gillian, <laughs> um, um, first quick question for you. Um, uh, was, it, was it difficult to choose football over Gaelic? Uh, no, no, because I don't know if I took Gaelic for granted, but I always had it. I always, I grew up kind of comfortable playing it, always confident in being good at it. But kind of when you're young, all you're, you're always watching Premier League football, professional football. So when a chance like that comes up, it's just the automatic thing is to you go for that. Um, and then when I did have the chance, it was it was always a no-brainer, really. Um, you touched on the the Aussie rules there. That that came up literally just at the time when I started to get trials to go over to teams, um, and I said to them at the time, I said, if I'm going to give this my full concentration, and if I do, if it doesn't work out, then maybe we can talk again. Um, but it was always one, once I kind of set my mind to to going the football route. Uh, that's kind of where where I pictured myself because I mean for me I mean I, I always I always thought that you like you like honestly in your late 30s at this stage because you've been around for so long you're such a, a standout young player um, and I, you know, I rem- <coughs> just remember you playing always seeing your name and thinking god this guy's like really you know he, he's, he's, he's done it but do you think that maybe that the fact that you were young in, in Celtic and you were like a, a sort of a, a a kind of a man child you're so big and, and, and strong do you think that kind of like went against you that they expected maybe too much too quickly from you in, in Celtic no okay we just uh, maybe that's the wrong question to ask so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get Killian back in just a moment um, Double N's going to try and get it back you remember like you're a Celtic fan Andy you, you remember him playing for, for Celtic yeah I, I remember um, I, I was actually watching the the, the game he made his debut in, uh, which was a cup game away at Inverness. Inverness is quite a memorable, li- small a grand, kind, yeah, kind of, yeah. Li- yeah. Um, and, I mean, he, now thinking on, kind of rem- reminded me of, of Georgia Samaras or someone like that, in that kind of physique, good with a ball at his feet, but also good in the air and use of touch. Um, but obviously, I think just the squad, and Strachan wasn't really someone that, really utilised youth unless he had to or felt that they were really good enough and the likes of Aidan McGeady that came through that he kind of knew that he could he could cut it um, and stick with it but we, there was a squad back then itself that, I mean we still actually had some sort of big superstars Okay and, uh, Gillian this is, uh, this is Andy Mack uh, who's a, a massive Celtic fan so um, his, his view is that, that you know maybe it was it was the, the wrong manager at the, at, at the time you were there in Celtic <gasps> I didn't say that no, for for Achilles. a little for, bit. <laughs> for me, the wrong, for me the wrong manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. For for me, he was he was the only manager that played me at Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Andy. <laughs> but in my play, sorry, you go we Gordy wherever you are. Yeah, I mean, um, no, he. I got I got very lucky with injuries in terms of a lot of first team strikers got injured. I was doing really good for the youth team, um, and and got a chance. Uh, and kind of that's where it came from. And I think Strachan seen something in me. He kind of seen some 
rawness that there was something there. Um, so f- for me, it's it's the opposite. Like he was. He was the best manager I could have had, I think. <laughs> well, I, I, it was a really quick rise as well. I mean, you went from making your debut in the Cup to, to playing against Manchester United in the Champions League within... Was that the same season? No, that would have been... Because the next season I had a trouble with some... I had a hip injury. Um, and then it was kind of... Was it that season? I think it was the, the following season when I got a run... Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Again, there was some. Again, there was some injuries, and I got in. I was kind of there or thereabouts. Like I would have been in and out of squads, and then there was some injuries. I got a chance, scored, um, and I had like a, probably about a month, two months of kind of being in the first team, and then went out on loan. Uh, and during that time, Strachan left, and then it was kind of that was me done almost. In terms of appearances, um, after, after okay, you had, you had some long moves away. Then you went away to uh, Bulgaria. Um, I mean, it, I, I heard from people in Bulgaria at the time that you, they rated you very, very highly. Um, do you think that it, it, it was maybe just the, the wrong time uh, there in CSKA uh, because of so many issues internally in the club that you, you, you it was very difficult to settle. Um. There was, yeah, the, I have that excuse where there was things going on at the club that wasn't normal to me, like uh, they were having money problems, not getting paid, things like that that were totally new to me. But at the same time, I could have been much better. Like I could have been in my, professionally, I could have been much better. Um, but from doing that so young, I learned very quickly kind of what not to do or how to behave um, which stood me in good stead for the rest basically since then whenever I've had to move abroad or go to different places Um, so at at the time it it was a bad move but I think since then it's proved kind of invaluable for me uh, in terms of the the uh, experience do you think as well? Because I mean, you you you're you're not a let's just say you're not a typical footballer in that you got your degree as you were playing uh, in Celtic. You 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 got you like you you qualified uh, with your degree. Do you think that has has stood you to good stead in terms of being able to sort of have that mental flexibility to be able to move and to settle and to kind of um, uh, immerse into into local culture? Um. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying. This is what I heard back as well. That like you, you're kind of you, you're you're an easygoing guy who can actually you know kind of uh, fit in. That's that's what I heard. Yeah, you, yeah. No. No. I can. I. I can live in different places. I can adapt. Um, but it, at the same time, it isn't. It's not all rosy either. There's. There is a. There's times when you do just want to go home, like back to things that you're comfortable with, just normality. Um, but that's kind of more, that that comes in when the football isn't going so good. And that's probably, lear, learning to deal with that is something I've picked up over the years in living abroad. In a, kind of being able to live somewhere when the football isn't going so good. Yeah, it's, I it, think it's, it's, the, it's the biggest challenge. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of, well, a lot of, um, let's say, English-speaking footballers, like from, from Ireland, from the UK, that's where they fall down. They go to Italy, they, everything looks great, but then when things don't go their way, suddenly it all starts to f- fall in. Uh, Andy, has a, Andy has a quick question before we, we head away. Um, two, one's really quick, the other one not. Um, one, why don't you update your own Wikipedia page? Two... You had some pretty crazy guys in that Celtic dressing room from Boric to, to Gravison. Who was the craziest? Uh, the first one, the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, so I just kept it. One of my best friends, he changed it years and years ago. He, he stuck it in. Yeah. And uh, it's, just, it's just stayed there since. And then some, sometimes I'll get I'll get asked and I'll go with it, and then sometimes I'll <laughs> I'll hold my hands up. So, <laughs> well, listen, that, that that's I would expect that less from a from a, a cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the other the other question: Who was the craziest person that was in that uh, Celtic dressing room in your time in in, in, uh, in Glasgow? Uh, craziest? I, I don't know. See, I I was I wasn't so much in the first team dressing room. I was always a youth player, reserve player, going into the first team. So like the day-to-day dressing room kind of shenanigans, I wouldn't really have been a part of. Most of it would have been on the training pitch or in games. It's like on the training pitch, you would have had Boric could... He could just go crazy one day. Um, Gravison was probably the craziest. Thomas Gravison. Okay, that's uh, Andy shaking his head. No, I'm, I'm totally agreeing. <laughs> Listen, fine, fine before we go away, um, how is life out in Israel? How are you enjoying it? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I'm living in a different, another country, different culture, uh, like the last few years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all, all I need is just the, the football to pick up a bit. We're kind of, we haven't had a great start to the season, so... Like I was saying, when that's not going so good, that's when it's that's when it's tough. Um, but it's I've I've been there before, so I can I've like I said, I know how to how to cope with it. Listen, I I, I agree, and I wanted to ask you a lot about Twitter as well because like there's so you've you're just a Twitter legend. You're brilliant. Like I mean, some of the stuff you put up is just hilariously funny. Um, but I, we have to wait to, to to go to break. But listen, Kid, if you don't mind, we'd love to get you on early in the new year. And fingers crossed, the season's going to kick on for for you guys in Shimona. Perfect. That's Look great. To it. Listen, thank thank you so much, Kid, and take care and uh, have a good evening. Thanks very much. You too. Okay, that was Killian Sharon. We're going to go out to the break right now. Um, this is this is leading up to the last segment. This isn't reflected on Killian, by the way. This is just the, the way that this song fell. This is uh, Timmy Trumpet and Freaks. So forgive me, Killian, if you listen to this, please. This isn't related to you. This is just the way it fell in the music line. So, okay, we're going to have to break with Timmy Trumpet and Freaks back with Andrew Flint after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports, of course, this is the last segment of the night and another shock off the board as he was putting through the call. Right, um, we're going to have a look ahead to next week's games and uh, have our picks as well as talking about some kind of very interesting news uh, from, well, just to say the UK, especially some very, very strange things turning up in terms of doping and also with Hillsborough, that uh, terrible tragedy from uh, now, well... Question. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard because I remember watching it live at that moment. Um, and you were too little to, to remember the game. Yeah, I don't really remember it, but obviously it's one of the longest court cases in, in British history, so it's kind of difficult not to know all about it and have seen the footage and obviously um, not quite as graphic and uh, disturbing as what it would have been to watch it all unfold live. But, um, yeah, it, it certainly has an impact on you and you see the impact that it has on the, the families of everyone that suffered because of it. Um, okay, now, before we start to, to discuss this and before we bring uh, Mr. Flint onto the line, um, midweek there was some, uh, a bad loss for a local, losing 2-0 at home, an absolutely dreadful game against Bayern Leverkusen. Okay, Leverkusen went on to win at the weekend, having a very, very good... Um, against Bayern. Against Bayern as well, a great win. And um, then you had that, I mean, you had a great performance from Artem Dubin beating Leon 2-0 at home. You had, just as we mentioned already, they drew 1-1. So at least you get some uh, some pocket money, shall we say. And Krasnodar winning 1-0 at home to Basel. So that was, uh, you know, good results for the um, Russian teams, as we say, that Zenit, now they are going to be having some spring football and it looks very, very good for uh, Krasnodar. Loco and Siska, the two Moscow clubs letting down the capital, both are out. Okay, um, looking ahead to next week in the Russian Premier League, of course, the action starts on... on, on Friday night and it's a good one. It's Zenit against the hot and on fire Dynamo because I mean it's interesting because uh, Zenit their next two home games there's three home games against Moscow clubs Spartak then Dynamo and then after the winter break on the 1st of March they play Lokomotiv 
So, I mean, they've got three Moscow clubs at home. Uh, so that is on this Friday night at uh, 7.30 up in St. Petersburg. Uh, Arsenal 2, they are hosting their, in Moscow tomorrow to play Siska. And uh, on Friday, they are hosting Lokomotiv. That, again, is a 7.30 kickoff. On Saturday, Krasnodar, they are home on the south coast against Siska. So Siska hopefully going down there with three points and something to play for. The, that kickoff is at 4.30 Moscow time. And on Sunday evening at 7 o'clock, Spartak will hope to try and knock Rostov off their recovery because that is uh, at 7 o'clock. And, um, yeah, I think you know, Spartak, they should recover from today's game. I mean, they, they, they put it up um, to Zeni today, so hopefully it, they will follow it through against uh, Rostov. Now, uh, that question again, because you've only got a few minutes left to get your answers in. Who is not in Russia's group? Is it Finland, Sweden or Denmark? Plus 795-111053. OK, uh, we're going to go straight out again to two men. Uh, Andrew, um, you 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 are looking at that Zenith and De- uh, Dinamo game, and you think you know what's going to happen. I hope. Well, yeah, the Zenith. Uh, well, we we've already established they're by far the, the most informed side. They're the most they're the powerhouses, the top goal scorers in the league. Um, Dinamo are on form, so a lot of people will look to them to possibly cause an upset, but I just don't see it. Um, however, they are scoring goals, so. I think an outside tip for both teams to score might be interesting because the Neat have been conceded a few goals other than, of course, tonight. OK, Andy, you, you're on board with that? I'd certainly be on board with Zenit winning. Um, I'm, I, I wouldn't look too much further beyond that. I'd just be looking for a, a bank home win. I think they've won their last five or last seven of their eight against Dinamo at home, so Dinamo have a little bit of a an issue going there. Okay, all right, okay. Um, then midweek, of course, there is a lot of action in England. Um, you have on Wednesday, uh, I mean, this, this, is, this is quite a good lineup. You've got, well, Chelsea home against Villa, Leicester home against Watford, uh, United against Spurs, so Mourinho going Mourinho back to Old Trafford. Oh, my goodness, Jose is back <laughs> and bad. Uh, Wolves hoping to uh, put a bite into West Ham's recovery and of course the Merseyside Derby all those other games are at 7.30 the Merseyside Derby kicks off 45 minutes later at uh, it's at 8.15 that is local time I believe in England whereas here it is 11.15 um, Andy Mack what do you reckon for that, that, that Merseyside Derby because this could be Silva's last game in charge I don't think there'll be any silver lining you think it's, it's going to be a? a I think, a I, I, I think if, if, it's a, if it's a bad defeat, I think it could be his last one. Um, I haven't seen what fixtures they've got coming up after that. Um, that might, they're, they're that, against, that might uh, play Chelsea. into it. Then, then I think it would be very harsh to, to throw a new coach into a bad run of fixtures. So you may find he'll, he'll last it out until um, December, January time, and then it will give them time to think about who's coming in as well. Uh, Andrew, what do you reckon? I mean, it, it, it's, it is the game of the week um, by any uh, way, mm. shape or form. Liverpool, Everton. Um, will, will it be goals galore or will it be just like this, like punishing, punishing grind out of a win for Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see there being a lot of goals in this one. I mean, it's very, very clear, obviously, that Liverpool are the strong favourites. But a lot of people have also made a lot out of their lack of clean sheets recently. But this is the Merseyside derby, and I think there's only so much you can read into statistics ahead of this one. So I'll be honest, I don't see Liverpool having to work very hard to beat Everton in this one. I think they will. 
but I actually don't think there'll be that many goals. I, I reckon one or two nil win, and um, uh, Silver will carry on, but not for very long. You reckon, and Andy, that that's yeah. There's only actually been one goal in the last three meetings for most side derbies: nil nil, one nil, nil nil. And I totally agree. I think that they'll give him they'll give him a few more games if they've got tough ones coming up afterwards. Yeah, the next game is home against Chelsea on uh, Saturday. It is um, the day before because you got a Lancashire derby, Burnley and Man City. That's at eleven fifteen, and on the Thursday uh, you got Arsenal home to Brighton again. That is eleven fifteen local time here in Moscow. Now, um, <clears throat> looking at the Man U Spurs, um, I mean we're not looking for a, a prediction, but <clears throat> as a Man U fan. How how is that to have Mourinho coming back? What how does it feel, uh, Andrew? Well, he's coming back at a pretty awkward time, really, because a lot of people are split, and I'm, I'm talking about within the Manchester United fan base about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and a, a really disappointing result again at home uh, tonight. We've only won four games in. Um, uh, this season, which at four games in 14 matches is appalling. Now, Mourinho coming back, he's got a bit of a new manager bounce at Spurs and a lot of fans in the stadium will probably still be supportive of him. Um, I personally can't stand the man. I think he drove the worst atmosphere into the club. So I'm desperate, desperate to get a result against Spurs, but I'm not desperately confident. Because, of course, uh, next weekend then you're away, <laughs> you're away against Man City. Uh, Man City on a, on a pretty bad run of form, but you, you, they'd be hoping, like Pep will hopefully get his uh, PEDs working to get uh, one over <laughs> on their City rivals. Um, Psychology department. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what do you reckon? I mean, that, 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 <laughs> can, can they sort of uh, put their, their foot on Pep's neck, or do you think that it will be a, a City win? Well, it's, I've, I've got to have to speak with my head here. Um, City really should be winning this one. But, you know, Manchester Derby's have been very, very dull, dour affairs for the vast majority of the last few meetings. So I do actually think there's a very high probability that, um, that, that United will be able to, to trouble City in this one. Um, City are under pressure, and you'd have to argue that they're now, what, 11 points behind Liverpool um, there, there's real pressure on not on Pep's position. You know his job's relatively safe, you'd think. But you know they they don't get a result uh, against us when they really should do. Um, I actually think Manchester United could get a result here. Okay, I mean because yeah, as you mentioned, they're eleven points behind. They're in third place. They are three points behind Leicester, who of course are eight points behind with more goals scored uh, than Liverpool, like a better goal difference. They're plus twenty four. Liverpool are plus twenty. And it's funny because I heard this discussion today on uh, off the ball. Well, News Talk Radio. Um, they're reviewing the papers and said, "Oh, isn't it great, Jamie Vardy? What age you now? He's thirty odd. He's retired from England duty." And he still has his uh, egg omelette before a game. He has his Red Bull and he has uh, two double espressos before he goes onto the field. And the joke was, uh, uh, well, you know, isn't that sort of some sort of medical thing? Isn't that like maybe cheating uh, with all that caffeine? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about Jamie Vardy. He's a funny one, isn't he? Um, at that age, to have that much energy is, is going to raise eyebrows anywhere, isn't it? Um, I remember when Arsene Wenger first came into English football in the 90s and he gave the players um, sugar cubes soaked in coffee and the players looked around and thought, what on earth's going on here? 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, but perhaps there's something to it. But uh, Jamie Vardy is having uh, an impressive season, shall we say. Um, how he's doing it, well, that's uh, for others to decide. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we know kind of what was behind uh, Leicester City's last title push, uh, like, well, their first and only title win, of course, a few years ago. Um, but also now looking at Team England, their forgetful Dr. Rob... Um, he is under suspicion for doing some very, very strange things in regards to thyroid medicine, basically cheating. Uh, well, yes, um, the, this, the thyroid medicine um, issue, this is something that just is not going to go away, is it? And it's not, just, it's not just in athletics, though. This is the thing that I find quite remarkable. This has been going on for years, and there have been so many occasions where it's been reported in, in football, for example, the England team doctor a few years ago wanted to do screening for thyroid tests. Um, and uh, a lot of Premier League clubs, they, they, they blocked it. And uh, there was a suspicion that it was going to be used to allow TUEs for the England football players. Um, I, I just can't understand how anybody is shocked anymore. That's, that's, that's the biggest shock for me. Yeah, I mean, because like, Premier League clubs blocked them over a moral issue. So if the Premier League clubs are speaking about morals, there must be something very, very uh, <laughs> questionable going on. Of course, this is the guy who was injecting um, Mo Farah, who we know was based in the Nike Origin Project and has some very dodgy training partners and coaches. Um, and that basically, Chakravarti, this uh, forgetful Dr. Rob, forgot to uh, note down. I mean, he was hammered by the British Medical uh, uh, Association for not noting down what he infused into Mo Farah. Now, I mean, we've seen this in British cycling as well. They forget to note things. They, they, um, they, they lose laptops. They lose records. They send... Uh, little jiffy bags full of bits and bobs around Europe when you can buy them in a local chemist. So, um, with all that's coming up in in terms of doping, that uh, USADA are looking for Russian athletes to be banned and Russia to be stripped of all events and so on and so forth, all this like non-stop nonsense, um, surely maybe some of them are starting to look at home and go, hold on, all's not so rosy in the uh, Garden of England. Well, absolutely. I think there's a, an assumption that because England is not called Russia, that they couldn't possibly be um, infringing on the, you know, the moral, uh, the moral balance of doping, shall we say? Um, yeah, the, I think one interesting thing that's that's come up recently as well is the the type of doping testing that will be done for Tokyo 2020. Um, this apparently groundbreaking gene test, which will be interesting because I wonder how people will manage to get around it. So uh, perhaps that might be half the reason why um, there's suddenly been a bit of an upturn in interest in, in just making sure people understand what's going on in English sport, um, because perhaps it won't be quite so easy to evade. Okay. Uh, listen, finally, before we go away, we do want to have a quick word, a very quick word. Hillsborough, uh, the policeman who opened, ordered the gates to be opened that caused the major crush and 96 deaths uh, in Hillsborough, the she home of Sheffield Wednesday, um, he got off scot-free in what most people are calling a travesty of justice. It's quite, uh, it's quite stunning how this has happened. David Duckenfield, um, the who was in charge of the of the policing in the Hillsborough disaster 30 years ago. Um, four years ago, in the, the previous inquest, he admitted to making a mistake. And, and it was quite clear when he opened the gates, he let too many fans in, um, and and 96 fans were didn't survive. And he's now saying, well, actually, no, it, it wasn't my fault. 
I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand quite how it can be reversed so quickly. Um, but now, Duckinfield is, is, is off scot-free and there is still nobody who will take the consequences for Hillsborough, which is an absolute travesty. Okay, listen, Andrew, thank you. Very much. We'll be back with you next week, of course. Uh, stay warm out there and we're going to tweet out those picks as well. So have a great week. I'll do my best. Speak to you guys later. Okay. Um, okay, Andy, we're not going to continue to discuss this. We do have to go away. Uh, however, uh, just refresh those tips again for this week. Um, so the ones I'm going to be looking at this week is one going a little bit further down uh, for next weekend is Leeds up against Huddersfield. Uh, but Zenit against Dinama, um, looking at a home win. And then we're also looking at um, some goals as well um, in Krasnodar. Okay, and the Liverpool-Everton game, the big one? Uh, Liverpool-Everton game, we're looking for shy of goals, but plenty of action, hopefully. Okay, so under two and a half goals? I'd be looking at under two and a half goals and probably looking at bookings there as well. All right, interesting. Okay, right, folks, we are going to go away for the week, uh, and there is a lot on, so go out and enjoy it. I said, next week, the decision will be made uh, whether Russian athletes will be going as Russian athletes to the Olympics or, again, as neutral athletes. There will be Russian athletes there, but it depends on how they are... Uh, called and under what flag they'll be walking around the place. Okay, so Double N, thank you very much for your help this evening. And Andy, uh, it's good to have you back in studio as always. Oh, I've missed your faces. <laughs> and thanks <Lie>. to uh, <coughs> that is a big lie. <coughs> and thanks to of course everybody who uh, joined us tonight on our fourth birthday. Remember the winner today. That answer is Sweden. Correct. Sweden? It is correct, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you for that. Yeah, so it is I didn't realise you were okay, asking so me. <laughs> I was asking you, just uh, as a check. Um, so, uh, remember, again, folks, we do have a fundraiser here where bring in toys for children. Aliona came in today and left great boxes here for kids. So thank you, Aliona, if you listen to this. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we're going to go out right now. We have, uh, we have Duffy and Mercy. So, folks, have a great week. Have a lot of sports. There's a lot of sport on TV. Go watch it. Go have fun. And, of course, I'll talk to you tomorrow with Siska and Ska. Talk to you next week and uh, have a good one. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Get to the first now.